just reading George Will of the Washington Post has a uh, an article today about um, the comfort animals on planes. It's pretty funny. It talks about how it happened and the way these things grow and become entitlements and whatnot. But he mentions sure. a uh, an airline stewardess that uh, complained because she was uh, forced to give oxygen to a dog whose owner said was having a panic attack during a flight. The so dog was having the a dog panic was attack. Having a panic. Maybe the dog should have a cat. The comfort animal needs another comfort animal. And how the airlines had uh, uh, reported a, a doubling in the amount of uh, fecal matter and urine that they'd had to clean up in the planes in you the know, last year. Any is too much. Really, yeah. Most planes have zero. So uh, Yeah. Uh, I prefer planes without poo. Wow, unbelievable. Looking forward to talking to ABC's Karen Travers. She's at the uh, Looney Tunes Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl parade thing. We're hoping for drunkenness, debauchery, and violence. Three million drunk people descending on a parade in Philadelphia. If I was a younger man, I might have flown cross-country to join in the party. I'd have thrown on a Ron Jaworski jersey and just said, Hey, baby, let's have a party! Yay! (laughs) Why not? That's fun. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, got this note from Adam in Hawaii. Probably worth noting Hawaii, not a real state. Uh, Joe, <laughs> having listening now for seven years, being a proud fag, I can attest you're a man of reason, logic, and grammatical superiority. Thank you, finally, my due. Therefore, let us reason together in the matter of the email subject line, Super Bowl or the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is only part of the official title of the event. The full title is Super Bowl 52, 51, or whatever. So when you say the Super Bowl, you are in essence in essence saying the Super Bowl 52, which doesn't make sense. When you say Super Bowl, you are shortening the full title, Super Bowl 52. This makes sense. So now that we have looked at this in depth, go ahead and keep telling Jack that it's the Super Bowl. You guys have the best talk show in the world. Adam from the fake state of Hawaii. KL, KLPSAT, keep limiting positive Sean's airtime. Well, that, that uh, we don't need help in planning the show, Adam. You are dead freaking wrong. Uh, I'm so looking forward to World Series. After World Series is over, what are you going to do? Only a moron would say that, Adam. Only a moron. Um, I'm a one-note song today. I'm horrified that Republicans and Democrats came together to uh, spend gazillions of dollars and not even tip their cap toward trying to do anything about our out-of-control spending. I'm looking at the Wall Street Journal's breakdown of it from their editorial board, in which they say it's good that the Republicans got what they needed for uh, military spending, but nobody attempted to make any uh, balances anywhere else by cutting anything out of any other programs. And the Democrats um, got everything they wanted, too. As it said, Democrats backed up the truck for funding on everything from community health centers to billions on child care grants to $20 billion for infrastructure, the tally coming to $131 billion more in discretionary spending over the next two years. How interesting that the federal government, which takes a large chunk of every dollar that passes through it, would be running community health centers instead of the community just keeping the money local and spending every dime of it on the health center. Odd that as a people we would favor uh, the uh, the former. On the long list of the Democratic Hall, an additional four-year extension for the Children's Health Insurance Program, or CHIP, which was recently extended for six years, another four years. That means ten more years of a separate health program for children 
Though many Democrats said that Obamacare would provide affordable coverage and make CHIP unnecessary. We've got it now funded for 10 more years. Right. Now we get both in the long run. It's just it's just obscene. And they didn't even take a moment to trim the fattiest fat, the easiest, lowest hanging fruit of waste redundancy and 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 whatnot. There's no opposition just, party to this. I know. I know. It's well, it's been said by many a philosopher that democracies last until the populace realizes it can vote itself money from the treasury. Uh, the deal also particularly includes, if you are a uh, an economic colossus, a superpower that can borrow money at will, because people are more than willing to rent you, uh, to uh, lend you as much money as you want. Here's one of the great throwing monies at a problem without an idea of how to fix it. The deal also includes six billion dollars for the opioid crisis, though it's hardly clear that communities or the healthcare system is prepared in any way to absorb the cash or have any idea what to do with it. But it will get spent. Trust me. Oh. Like that wonderful, wonderful program where you could be a rehab center and the insurance companies had to pay you. And it was all federally backed and phony. The Freedom Caucus. Now, see, the Senate passes, so it's got to go to the House. The Freedom Caucus is a squawking, as the Wall Street Journal points out. They do care about spending, and so they're going to fight it, and we'll see where it is. But I think there's plenty of Republicans and Democrats that will come together that will allow it to pass. Um, it's it's it, it well. It was the end of the sequester yesterday, mm-hmm. which was a minor checking of the increase in spending years ago, and it is now completely over. There was one tiny blip with that Tea Party thing. Remember that Tea Party thing that was so big for a couple of years? Right. Stop mm- loading our kids up with debt. One tiny, Crazy. tiny, practically inconsequential blip, and it didn't last very long. Right. And now that's now over. Finally, back to bipartisanship. Well, on a lighter note, please uh, welcome Karen Travers, ABC News correspondent in the midst of the Philadelphia Eagles parade. Karen, we're a little concerned for your safety there. How are things? <laughs> Everything is great. It's a really festive. I mean, it kind of feels like a holiday parade. Uh, yeah, there's some people roaming around uh, taking in some adult beverages at this early hour. But for the most part, it's families and people who have been here since in the morning. One family I talked to said they got their spot on the parade route at 2 in the morning, and their kids Oof. were with them. They were freezing, but they were like, we had to be here. We're having so much fun. So- uh, that's awesome, but just just to let you know, you don't need to, if you feel like you have to, uh, leave out the fact that you've probably seen people urinating in the streets and that sort of thing. Because I, well, I know that's going to happen. It's Philadelphia. I haven't yet. I mean, it's early. <laughs> but I haven't yet. <laughs> it's never too early to urinate in the streets. We do understand that there was some sort of controversy where they're expecting 3 million people. And was it 500 porta potties or just, or, or it was like one porta potty for every. The, the yeah, math doesn't work. The, the ratio was not looking good, but you know what was that were, number, Sean? Come uh, on, eight hundred and fifty porta potties for three million people leaves one for about every three thousand plus people. That sounds good. Oh. Well, prepare for some lines. I think they're hoping. Well, that, there won't. You know, everybody won't wait in line. That's, that's the problem. The problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, like a lot of the hotels and restaurants that are along the parade route, they're being pretty strict with people coming in. I I have to show a key to get inside, which makes sense. I don't want people just like lingering around. But you know what they did, which is pretty clever, and maybe every city does this. We don't know, but uh, along the parade route where people have been out here for hours, there are about twelve jumbo television screens, and they're showing the game right now. Oh, so right cool. at eight o'clock on the dot. The broadcast started. Everybody started cheering, and it's been hilarious to watch people like anxiously watching it. One guy was like, "I'm almost a little nervous. Is this like the outcome could change if I watch it again?" That's funny. But they're, they're cheering every time the Eagles move the ball. They're booing Brady every time he does the game. It's, 
funny. And I was actually, I was told that this was happening in bars all across the city last night. Because most people are off today. So everybody was, you know, really living it up. Uh, but that everybody was, uh, they were showing it at bars. And, like, real time, everybody was acting, you know, like, okay, we're doing this all over again. Wow, that's I fantastic. Think, I think the Patriots are about to score on the Jumbotron right now. So you might hear some booze really fast. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> awesome. So have they had to grease the light poles and, and bolt down the horses or any of that stuff? <laughs> Yeah, they. I don't think they had to do the same pole greasing like they did on Sunday. They're really hoping that people got a bit of that out of their system immediately <laughs> after the win. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, you know, people were lined up for a couple bars in this area at 6 in the morning. I talked to the guy who was first in line. And he said, you know, I'm just here to get breakfast, get warm, and uh, maybe I'll have a little celebratory drink while I'm here. Fantastic. I love the fact that they've declared a holiday, more or less. We need more of that (laughs) in America. absolutely. Karen Travers. Yeah, it's nice to see people agreeing on something in this day and age. Karen Travers, ABC News. Karen, uh, great job. Nice to talk to you. Have fun. Have a great day. Thanks. All right, thanks. Boy, she's a charmer, huh? You You know who we need to find out about? Uh, Horse Poo Eater. Is he he back for a... God dang it! I want to see. Uh, does uh, does he have his own float? What's <laughs> what's the comedian who does the uh, Web Redemption show? Oh, uh, Daniel Dan Tosh, Tosh. Daniel yeah. Tosh. Yeah, Tosh point oh. Dan, where are you? Yeah. You got to get horse poo eater. Um. Uh. Yeah. So maybe a lot of the people that caused the biggest problems they might not be out of jail yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, parade might go off without a hitch. You know, we we need so much more of that. Number one, I I forgot to get my hashtag going. Hashtag Super Bowl Saturday. Which polls show enjoys 100% support. Mm. Having the damn Super Bowl on a Saturday. So you can get after it and not have to worry about the next morning. Um, That'd be a great day for Super Bowl. (laughs) Do you get pleasure out of hurting people? (laughs) There's a name for that, you know. Uh, I, I think I was going to make a point, but it probably wasn't very good anyway. Yeah, so. uh, yeah who cares? We'll oh, no, it. it's just, we need more, like, holidays. Yeah. We, yeah. we need more, hey, everybody, listen, this has been just crazy. Let's all take tomorrow off, huh? And have fun, The yeah. president gets to decree, I don't know, two a year. Something like that. And listen, if he decrees it over something you hate, go to work. What do, what do I care? But, but I, you know, those of us who don't go to work, we're cool. Our, our, our ticket's punched. President said I could take the day off, boss. So there was a guy in prison, a uh, convicted murderer, and he claims the female guard kept him as a sex slave. And a jury awarded him a whole bunch of money. We're going to talk about that story later in the show. I'm sorry. You got a prisoner. Dude. In prison. Yeah. Female guard sexing him up, and he gets money. A lot of money. Huh. Yeah. So we'll have that story later in the show. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Fogel, the scumbag that used to represent Subway, 
uh, says he's being treated unfairly in prison. He keeps being denied an appeal, he says, because the judge has teen girls and she is biased. Mm. I think uh, I think most people, oh, whether they have children or not, are, are biased against uh, people who are into child sex. Yeah. So, sorry, Jared. Yeah. That's well, you can't fault a guy for trying. Wow. Portland's Crow Wars coming up. Stay with us. And Eric Holder said he's considering run a run for the president, uh, White House. This is not one of those other people speculating and then they eventually say no, like an Oprah or a Kid Rock. He himself said he's considering running for president. Super. Uh, yeah, a hell of a race baiter. So we'll, I, I don't oh, think he has. A, I don't think he has a chance of even getting the nomination. But man, it'll it'll inject a lot of. Anger and controversy into the race if he runs, no doubt. You know, a lot of you are concerned about Trump being some sort of dictator, and you're ridiculous. He, number one, he's not good enough at his job. Um, Eric Holder reached Herculean heights of defying legitimate congressional oversight of the executive branch. He declared through his actions over and over again that we, the people, don't have any say in the behavior of the executive branch. His record of defying Congress, of, of being in contempt of Congress, failing to answer subpoenas, et cetera, et cetera, was just, again, it was it was an amazing uh, period of, of hubris from the executive ignoring we the people. But since he was with your party, you didn't care. <laughs> God, I hate politics. How far away is Mars? Wrong. 34 million miles. It varies a lot, you know, depending on how close we are or far away we are. But um, Like if I walk across the room, I'm farther away? Is that what you're saying or what? Well, it's kind of, it's a, it's not an even orbit. And really? So it's really far away, then it's closer. Mm. And so that complicates the trip there that Elon Musk is working on. But it would take between a half a year and a year for a human to get to uh, to Mars. God, you'd have to be able to move around in whatever capsule you were in. I mean, yeah, that, that would be... That's what complicates the you, mission. You would get there... Ter- you'd be... Beyond weakened, you would be wasted. The medical term, not like really, really drunk. Dude, I'm so wasted. God, I can see Mars, dudes! Let's drink! No, you, you'd physically be wasted. God dang it, though. Wouldn't that be something to follow, though? That'd be a TV show the world would be watching every single day. Are you kidding? Talking to the people in the space capsule as they head toward Mars. Speaking of national holidays. One of them kills the other one, or they sex each other up, or whatever happens. Or McGird. Wow. Or, you know, the uh, 11 legged Martian beasts come swarming out of the hills and just devour them alive on TV. Yeah, that'd be something. That would be something. Wow. You know. Combat hardened Marines that have nightmares after seeing that. Can you imagine them scampering out of the hills and their teeth flashing, their fur, coming up, their scales? Coming up, the most. I see both. <laughs> I see them as like half lion, half lizard. <laughs> coming up, the most. With a lot of legs. The most amazing thing Nancy Pelosi said in her eight-hour screed, in my opinion, coming up in Marshall's news. Okie doke. And if you are a Portlander and you'd like to address how horrific the uh, crow poo problem is, you can feel free to. Text us at 415-295-KFTC. That's 415-295-KFTC. Or email us at Armstrong und Getty. Um, you you got to say it correctly. Sorry. Armstrong and Getty at Yahoo.com. So uh, the rent is too damn high, guy, Michael. I would meant to ask you for him to be standing at the ready, sir. The rent is too damn high. Money uh, magazine combining with the Wall Street Journal with a little report on rent prices in the United States. And sure enough, they have outpaced uh, inflation by a significant amount 
over the last uh, several years. They're the highest, blah, 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 in 30 years. Um, and uh, home ownership is actually declining, particularly among the young. You've probably heard that. But that's putting pressure on rental properties. And so the rent has skyrocketed. They're talking about national median figures, which is completely useless. Uh-huh. And they also go on for quite some time without adjusting for inflation. It's not even that use, useful in the town that you live in because you you know right off the bat, well, I'm never going to live in that neighborhood. I can't afford it. So that you can just wipe that out. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, from an economist's point of view, I suppose it does. Sure. Not Finally, the perfect metaphor hit me. Not adjusting for inflation is like bragging about your increased ability to lift weights from age 4 to 20. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I'll tell you what, my bench press is up 200% over the last eight years. <laughs> as I've gone from, you know, 7 years old to 21. It's unbelievable. Anyway, but finally they get around to adjusting for inflation. And yeah, indeed, um... It's it's significantly higher than it was, say, 10 years ago in terms of uh, uh, the percentage of your monthly budget that it eats up. But then the National Low Income Housing Coalition goes into a long screed about how unaffordable rent is for workers making the federal minimum wage of seven and a quarter per hour. In order to afford a modest two bedroom rental home in the U.S., renters need to earn a wage of twenty one twenty one per hour. That's nearly $14 higher than the federal minimum wage. And then they go into how long it would take you Presenting at the minimum it, wage to rent a place. Presenting it as dummies always do, in my opinion, that the minimum wage was designed to be a living wage. The minimum wage is not a wage to live on. It never was. It never will be. If your life plan included... Making the minimum wage. And getting married and having kids and owning a house. And living any sort of normal life. You are a moron or you have been misinformed by various ninnies throughout your life that that's even a possibility. It's a starter wage for kids. It's, it's, a, it's a wage for those who have nothing to offer the economy. If you are making the minimum wage, you must have roommates. Or a spouse, or, or multiple, or live at home, or whatever. That's just reality. And it's never, it's never like been 10% not true. That has always been true, and always will be. But you got people walking around in, the, in their whimpering voices, talking about how difficult it is to make it on the federal minimum wage. You can't! You're not supposed to! Listen to this, though. Putting at the simple and inescapable logic of that aside... You would need to work 92 hours a week to afford the uh, median rent in California at minimum wage. You'd be very tired. <laughs> it's actually 101 hours in New York. Wow. That is yeah. a lot of... And the minimum wage job's usually not that pleasant either. So Oregon, a humble 63 hours a week to, uh, to rent your place. That's... If you stick to 30% of your income, which is the general formula. A lot of shoving fries in the bag. What's coming up in your news quickly? Nancy Pelosi's personal reflection on the importance of dreamers causing a lot of comment. And Quincy Jones' claim about Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor hooking up has been confirmed. Coming up minutes from now. Hello. It's not getting much attention um, because 
I, I, the media doesn't care and the public doesn't care, which is why you vote in people that don't care. But both parties agreed to spend a hell of a lot more money for a long time yesterday. They were both, they came together and said, sure, whatever, let's just keep spending. Let's see how far we can ride this thing. Didn't even nod toward responsibility. All right, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Senate leaders hoping to approve that budget deal later today to keep the government operating past midnight. The agreement showers the Pentagon and domestic programs with an extra $300 billion over the next couple of years. And, which we've left out so far today, they raised the debt limit. Yes. So that we won't have any more of these foreseeable somebody, a Rand Paul or a Ted Cruz or somebody, a Tom McClintock, can say, no, no, we're not going to go past the debt limit again. Let's finally do something about our spending. But they raised the debt limit, so in the future, we're not going to have that problem for a while. Just unbelievable. You maxed out your credit cards. You agreed to spend way more money than you than you make. And you got your credit card <laughs> limit raised. So there you go. Good job, government. Well, Senate leaders from both sides of the aisle, though, praising the new day of bipartisanship. Republican Mitch McConnell. This bill represents a significant bipartisan step forward. Democrat Chuck Schumer. The budget deal doesn't have everything Democrats want. It doesn't have everything Republicans want. But it has a great deal of what the American people want. There you go. That's right. After months That's of enough fiscal brainwashing. Voting our, shut up. Voting ourselves money from the Treasury willy-nilly without regard to paying it back. Interest on the federal debt is already over 6% of the federal budget. That number will skyrocket when interest rates get back to somewhere near historical yeah. norms. And much more debt is piled on top of it. We are a nation... That is high on coke with a credit card in Las Vegas. And every time we we are asked to reappraise our behavior, we say F it and we, we, we do another line and head back into the shops. The Washington Post editorial board saying both parties are in on this saying uh, they they scream bipartisanship, ignoring reality. I mean, so so for the first time in forever, you got both of them. Isn't this great? We're working together again, just like the American people want. Oh, F you. God, it's just so maddening. Now, God. Conservatives in the House are publicly livid. They say they're upset about the big spending increases. They're going to vote no against the plan. That's what they're saying. And liberal Democrats like Nancy Pelosi say they are going to oppose the budget deal unless GOP leaders agree to hold a House vote on helping the so-called DACA dreamers. Nancy, expressing her concerns in a record-breaking eight-hour speech on the House floor, at one point reflecting on her own family's experience. I'm reminded of um, my own grandson. He had a very close friend whose name is Antonio, who's from Guatemala, and he has beautiful tan skin, beautiful brown eyes, and the rest. And um, this was such a proud day for me because when my grandson blew out the candles on his cake, they said, did you make a wish? And he said, yes, I made a wish. He said, well, what is your wish? He said, I wish I had brown skin and brown eyes like Antonio. That is so enlightened. (laughs) So beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. The beauty is in the mix. Yeah, that's that's effing idiotic. It's weird. It's just it's it's it would be I wish I had, you know, more slanted eyes. I don't think I it's I wish I had almond eyes like an Asian. I like those eyes. 
I'd like their eyes. I don't think it's good that anybody wishes they were a different, had different color eyes and different colored skin. I don't care who you are. I just think that's weird. When I was, I wish that I was a Ninja Turtle. I don't think that did damage to me. This, this is a beautiful. child. He has a friend. Because you, you understand you know. diversity and how beautiful turtles are. <laughs> I just don't put a lot of political stock into the birthday wishes of grandchildren. Well, no, but yeah. she is though. Oh, you, she yeah. is. She's acting like it's fantastic that he wishes he was a different race because it speaks to what? I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. I have this big, giant article from the New York Times I've highlighted and was going to talk about, but we probably will never get to, about how entire regions of Mexico have now abandoned the government. They have thrown the police out. They've thrown the politicians out, and militias now control the areas because the drug cartels had so thoroughly infiltrated the government. And so they're now self-run little mini-republics in significant chunks of Mexico, often financed by the delicious avocado growers, seriously. But anyway, so you've got a culture there, and culture matters. It always matters. You have a culture that's so corrupt... At least in terms of government activity, they have ceased to recognize the government. Now, does your little grandson wish for a world where entire ch- swaths of America are ungovernable? Because that's part of the that's part of the deal too. Does Does he wish for you know the local? I don't know. You got uh, a lot of almond orchards in right. California, for instance. Does your little grandson long for the day when orchard owners have to band together? Because the government is so corrupt and dangerous that they have to manage their own region. Because there's so much corruption. Does he long for that as well? Let's talk about it. One day before the Winter Olympics in South Korea, North Korea staged a huge military parade and rally with this play-by-play. That's right, Vivian. Here comes the bullwinkle float. (laughs) Oh my gosh, do you know it takes 120 handlers to pull it down the street? The North saying the parade had nothing to do with the Olympic Games. It was being held to mark the 70th anniversary of the founding of its military. And look at this beautiful flamingo-themed float. And who's that sitting on top? Why, that's Guy Fondu, the star of the new CBS sitcom, Living with Mama. 333 pounds of paper mache went into that float, Joe. Wow, that's a lot of paper mache. And lastly, Richard Pryor's widow has confirmed that he and Marlon Brando hooked up in the 1970s. Joe? So, so, uh, this is all so sorted. As Joe pointed out yesterday, why did Quincy Jones gave the interview in which he started this whole thing? Why are you going around in your old age telling other people's sexual past, Quincy Jones? That is so uncool. Yeah, hey, quit giving up other people's secrets, you crazy old coot. That is just not cool at all. Why why isn't he getting blasted for that? Well, Jennifer Lee, he was married to Pryor in the early 80s, and then again in the 2000s up until his death, told TMZ that the story's true and that Pryor would have no shame about it. She says... It was the 70s. Drugs were still good, especially quaaludes. If you did enough cocaine, you'd go out and F a radiator and send it flowers in the morning. That's kind of a funny line. Yeah, it, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not uninterested, <laughs> briefly, that Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando did it. You know what? <laughs> to, uh, again, uh, cite the specifics of the article, which we shared with you uh, yesterday late in the show, 
they were discussing Brazilian music. Uh, Quincy Jones mentions the cha-cha, and then he says, You know, Brando used to go cha-cha dancing with us. He could dance his ass off. He was the most charming MF'er you ever met. He'd blank anything. Anything. He'd blank a mailbox. James Baldwin, Richard Pryor, Marvin Gaye. He slept with him? How do you know that? Come on, man. He didn't give a blank. You like Brazilian music? And then they got back to Brazilian music. But this has become a thing where aging stars and starlets or whatever, they write these tell-all books about other people's sexual past. And it just, I don't understand why that isn't uh, called out is not cool. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Now, in Marvin Gaye's uh, spectacular hit, uh, Mercy, Mercy Me, Mercy Me, is he saying Mother, Mother, or is he saying Marlon, Marlon at the beginning of that song? Could be. (laughs) Huh? Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando. Hmm. I'll be danged. Didn't I'd, see that one. I'd pay a dollar to... No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> no. Nope. Pay a you know, dollar Richard Pryor actually addressed that in his stand-up stuff. Having sex with Marlon Brando? Well, no, with a dude. Oh. It's funny, very obscene, and by today's standards, highly politically incorrect. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. Um, competitive video gaming may be coming to the Olympics, and there's pretty good reason for it. They draw a bigger crowd than a lot of the winter sports are going to. It's not a real sport. Millennials, idiots, blah, 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 etc. <laughs> Bitter old man speak. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. What a great tune. Not a matter of if, but when. Computer, I'm sorry, video games, competitive video gaming becomes an Olympic sport. According no, come to, on. Get, get sitting there at a console pressing buttons. That's not a sport. I won't have it. I will not have it. How is it less of a sport than um, like uh, archery? Isn't there, isn't there a lot of hand-eye coordination in video gaming? Uh, kind of. But you're sitting there with a little machine. Archery is uh, the time honored. You got to point the area. You got to pull it back. It's very difficult. And then, you know, <laughs> unleash it. It's amazing. You split the one arrow with the other arrow. If you're Kevin Costner, I remember that. Anyway, where were we? Oh, video gaming, huh? Uh, because it's so huge, it's a matter of um, when, not if, according to Michael Lynch, head of consulting at Nielsen Sports and Entertainment, who keeps track of what's popular and what's not. And video gaming is very, very popular, which uh, Sean has been telling us now for quite some time. Yeah, but so is masturbation. But that's not going to be in the Olympics. Excellent argument. Is there competitiveness for that? Can Ex- you, how do you win? Well, Excellent argument. Well, here's here'd be my retort to that. Can you get millions of people to watch that? To watch you in particular, or can you? Or can you? Or can you? Can you fill an arena with fans willing to uh, pay tickets to come in and watch? Because you can with some of this video gaming. Well, so thus ends that analogy. <laughs> I always thought it was interesting too that I don't know if this was part of the original intention of the Olympics, but it always seemed that a lot of these events were kind of 
designed around the way that wars were fought, right? Like this mm-hmm. is in some oh, way this was true. this the was point. flexing military muscle. And as we move past trench warfare and move into the drone wars, it's very perfectly. That's an excellent sound reasoning for these, the Olympics. Yeah. These people are going to be on the front lines of future war fighting, right? You're going to be fighting wars via computer programs and games and, the, and things like that the for esports fans watching someone's fingers move quickly is like watching usain bolt run says somebody um esports which started their rise in the 90s is now huge the best players can make millions of dollars tournaments fill are, fill arenas around the world in 2017 people worldwide watched over 266 million hours of professional esports competition oh well look i just put my shot into your tv monitor what are you gonna do now limp wrist huh We traditional Olympians will whoop your arse. Yeah, how many millions of hours did people watch? How many millions of hours did people watch? God, name any sport that hardly anybody watches. The shot put or something like that. So just from a dollar and cent standpoint, that's what's going to drive it into the Olympics. Just the fact that you get so many eyeballs to tune in and you sell advertisements for it. Now there, it's competition, isn't it? The whole point. Of course, you don't have chess. That's a competition. Now I'm ruining my own argument. Right. Right. Um, I'm just wondering about the business of it, because I know your eSports uh, championships make tremendous amounts of money, and they're incredibly popular worldwide. I don't know if they would want to give that up to the uh, Corrupt Olympic Committee, but I'm not sure there's any way they could stop it. How much is physical skill? Because this one guy who's really good and makes millions of dollars says you need mental and physical skill. And physical skill is harder to see, but it's there. How much physical skill do you think? Because I think that must be a requirement for the Olympics, or we would have chess or poker or a variety of other things a lot of it comes down to it's the physical skill is almost all in your hands and it's how quickly can you press the right combination of moves buttons spells whatever game you're playing Mm. i gotta admit that is that has always flummoxed me that's why i've tried for like 30 seconds and quit yeah me too every time um but why not typing Again, wouldn't typing fit all those uh, definitions? Well, it's a valuable skill. You're not going to fill arenas with people watching people type fast. Well, again, you with your crass commercialism, I'm talking about the sanctity of sport. Esports requires muscle memory and hand-eye coordination to move pieces around the screen and take down your opponent. That's clearly true. The difference between a high-level player and an extremely high-level player is mechanical skill, says one of the best in the world. And even things as as, uh, mouse accuracy, right? Like, if I want to click on this thing, how many times out of 100 do I click on that exact thing in real time during the game, right? Me, as an amateur, I miss 50% of the time. The really good players, they click Mm -hmm. it every single time. Mouse accuracy is a good band name. (laughs) Boy, here's a good, uh, good place to be if you're uh, esports and the, the the billions of dollars it's making and millions of dollars for some of the best people. The Olympics need esports more than esports needs the Olympics. Yeah, that's kind of what ke- I was driving at. We're going to keep growing anyway. If the Olympics happens, that's fine. But we already have an audience. So, yeah, you want to put us in and make more money off of it? We'll compete. But if you don't want to, we'll be okay. Send a bunch of roided up freaks, Russia. Go ahead. And these things are advancing beyond just the the once a year kind of world championships that you. A lot of times when you hear about the numbers of people who watch these things, these are the once a year events of the the world championships of a basic game. But more and more now, they are getting into actual leagues where they have weekly competitions. Um, the NBA is actually releasing its own uh, video game NBA competitive league where the The same teams are sponsoring these very same teams. Robert Kraft, uh, owner of the Patriots, he is invested in an eSports team. Interesting. Um, So it is is certainly uh, ascending the ranks of respectability in in many ways. It's interesting that it fills arenas. Did you hear that Marlon Brando sexed up uh, (laughs) Richard Pryor? 
Yeah, I did. Okay. How many times do I need to hear that? I don't know. Keep what am it, I supposed keep to... Keep it in mind. Am I supposed to be happy or sad or angry or turned on? I'm not exactly sure what my reaction is supposed to be. Oh, that's hot. And was I, it I don't Godfather know. Martin Brando? Come over here, Richard. If it's a streetcar date named Desire, Marlon Brando, oh, I can see the appeal. Please. And man, I'm straight. Man. What was on the waterfront? <laughs> oh, fabulous. Could have been a contender. Yeah, if it's that Marlon Brando. Yeah, I could see it. Is it post-crack uh, addict set myself on fire Richard Pryor? That's not very sexy. With bloated Tahitian Island Marlon Brando? That, that's not very sexy. Oof. Mama. So your obligatory big fake controversy is... Uh, one of our figure skating fellers there, uh, Adam Rippon, his name is. He's a gay feller, as it turns out. A he, figure skater? Yeah. Huh. Uh, he was mad that Mike Pence is the ceremonial leader of the U.S. delegation. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Whatever the hell gotcha. that means. Because he, Yeah, I gotcha, because Mike Pence is anti-gay marriage and, and he said, Well, yeah, he said, you mean Mike Pence, the same Mike Pence that funded gay conversion therapy? I'm not buying it. Pants came out and said, that's not true. I don't fund that. It has no basis in fact, etc., etc. I'd like to meet with uh, Mr. Rippon and, and, and chat with him about it. Rippon said, no way! I'm not meeting with him! Oh, Some no, of the I've... Philadelphia Eagles are not going to go to the White House to meet with the president, as stupid Super Bowl teams do. So stupid. It's just where we are. Whatever. Um, Whatever. It's an honor. Go. All right, just go. We've got a late-night joke-off with all the big-time late-night hosts taking on... Trump's military parade is the topic. Oh, boy. We'll see how who joked it best coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.